This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Down to Dunk Podcast, episode two, two, zero. <laughs> this is Jay Smith with Andrew and Taylor. We're doing a little bit of a Skype pod. We won't explain why, but just recognize that uh, we are still coming to you on your Friday. Luke is not here, sadly, but uh, but we are here to talk about some Thunder basketball, some other NBA going on, and it's not the greatest time to be a Thunder fan. That might be an the, understatement. Uh, yeah, the Thunder have lost three in a row since losing, and as Cantor, they lost to the Cavs on Sunday. They lost to the Spurs on Tuesday, came back, played a late back-to-back on Wednesday, and got blown out by the Bulls. Actually got blown out kind of by all three of these teams, Yeah, and it kind of sucks right now, and everybody's ready to explode this team, and you know everybody's in panic mode. Uh, a few really f- fun stats, and by fun, I mean like really depressing stats from the last three games. <laughs> They are by far, they have by far the worst offensive rating at 88.3. And just for Woo-hoo! reference, the offensive ra- their offensive rating for the season has been a 107. That's, so they've been awful these past three games. They're 19th in defensive rating at a hundred, they're giving up 110 points per 100 possessions. And they are dead last in true shooting percentage at 45%. They have been so bad i think it's aberrationally bad so i wouldn't like completely worry what are all those noises it's my dog not me <laughs> so they've been really bad it's i mean it's been it's been a tough stretch in the month of january their offense was really bad they were 27th in offense offensive rating and 13th in defensive rating uh so the last three games have been bad the offense has been bad for a while and um yeah great great stuff yeah, it, yeah i'm glad to hear that. so it's i think it's way more i mean do you so i'll ask this question i'll let you all take it from there so do you think it's more than just canter like is there something else going on uh was it the can't because canter and a breeness at the same exact time like what is it that's going on i mean canter is not leading to them is not the the reason that they're 19th in defensive rating over the last three games, right? And giving up 110 points per 100 mm-hmm. possessions. Like, Cantor obviously has been detrimental to the defense. So I think it's some of its effort, some of its... I mean, obviously that Chicago game... Like, the Thunder without Cantor should be able to compete with Chicago. Uh, they oh, just yeah. played... They just had an awful game. Like, everybody was pretty bad. Uh, I thought Westbrook was okay, but everybody else was really horrible. Uh, and also, I, I think some of it has to do with like Cantor, but also it, it's it's who's replacing Cantor's minutes and like how are they replacing his minutes? Well, you're replacing his minutes with like either like super young guys or guys that just really aren't very good. And so, if they had somebody that could like that could step up and you know be an average NBA player in that role, uh, that would be helpful. A lot of people are calling for like a starting lineup change, and I'll talk about more of this later. But 
who are you going to put in? I mean, Jeremy Grant's fine, but he's not going to like check, he's not going to like turn the starting lineup around. Uh, I, I just don't think that they have. There's there's just not a forward on the bench that I just like truly believe in that will just completely turn things around. Uh, it's just they're just in a, a really tough spot because the guys that are you know five through fifteen or six through fifteen just really they're either too young or they're just not very good. So that that hurts. Yeah, it felt like it, it feels like the bench guys with Cantor being gone are kind of scrambling and being like, oh, okay, like we need to get something together. We need to be a little better, and which kind of takes everyone out of their role and their comfort level, and it and it makes them worse. Like mm-hmm. like Cameron Payne was not is not ready to like solely lead that second team, you know. And no. Cantor was like Cantor was the leader of that bench squad mm-hmm. and was super good. Like they had figured out how to make it work. And with Cantor gone, it's like all these guys. Now you bring in Morrow, who hasn't played in a while. Abrinas isn't playing anymore. And you have all these guys that are used to, you know, things going a certain way, and they're not good enough to, to make it another way. So it's yeah. like everyone's just scrambling. Yeah, and Abrinas And no one knows hurt. what to do. Yeah. So, um, so it's not like he's just, like, out of the rotation. I think that he would play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it is tough. And if you remember when Oladipo went out – toward the beginning of the season, it took them a couple of games to like readjust. And I, I wonder if they're going to be able to make an adjustment during this time that is actually going to help them be more productive. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that, I think that it just involves putting the ball in Oladipo's hands and seeing if he can create and see if he can blow up offensively and do some things that he hasn't really done a whole lot of this season and getting to the bucket, getting fouls, <laughs> setting people up. Uh, he's going to have to be the guy setting people up. Cameron Payne, I, I mean, I'm having, and this is, these are like, I feel like there's just a ton of overreaction happening right now in the Thunder fan base just because things have looked so bad. Uh, but campaign, basically the two backup point guards that they have, the second and third string point guards on this team, are two of maybe the worst guys in the league right now. And I think that Cam can improve. Uh, but it doesn't look good. I mean, when, whenever you see the uh, the mega free agent tryout that's happening in Cleveland right now, you're like, oh, well, I'd rather have any of those guys. All the guys that nobody wants, I'll take them on my team. Yeah. And that's really sad. That's really that's really sad. And, I mean, Cam needs to be better. He just flat out, he's got to be better if this team is going to stay afloat, at least that second unit when Russ is out. If they're going to stay afloat, Cam has got to be much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been underwhelming, to say the least. So it brings us to the question that may be a little difficult to answer. And so, Andrew, Taylor, I'll let you kind of figure this out. Who are we buying a coupe for this week? This is easy. This is easy. It's Josh Hustis. Josh Hustis. (laughs) Josh Hustis got in the game. And get this, I was going to save the stat for later, but I can't hold it in any longer. His current PER, you guys want to take a guess? <laughs> yes, hold on. Uh, I'm going to guess like 83. Oh, dang, you went too high. 61.9. He has a 61.9 PER. He was incredible. He's the best player on the Thunder, <laughs> and he deserves himself a coup. So there's some really, this is, this is great news uh, for any coup fans. They are having a party on Saturday at the Tap Room. It's their Alpha Hive release party. It's from noon to 8. It's my favorite coupe beer by far. It's so very good. It's a, a double hops. I don't know. How do you say it? Is that right? Did I say it right? 
I think if it's double hops, then you say hops, hops. Hoppy Hops IPA. Uh, it's very, it's a very good beer. It, it's, so it's the release party's on Saturday, and then it'll be in stores on Monday. And so I'm giving Houston a preemptive Alpha Hive, and you should go get one too because it's great. Yeah. But yeah, Josh Houston for getting on the court. Uh, and then immediately getting sent back to the blue, you get yourself an alpha hive. <laughs> now, what does that mean, though? Or is, is he is he coming like done? What do you mean? Like, done? Well, he come. It, so, so they send him to the blue. A lot of times they'll send him blue and they bring him back up. Like, so should we just assume that Houston is not getting any minutes tonight? I don't know. I don't know what to assume. I I hope that they will play him again, just because. Why not? Like, why are, I mean, Kyle Singler obviously is, you know, a bottom five player in the NBA. Just, I don't know. He, and Houston looked good. And I don't know. I mean, I have just this like raging bias for him right now just because he's just got to be better than any of the other options that they have. Uh, apparently the, the team doesn't believe in him as much as the fan base does, but I, I don't. I don't know if that means anything for his status for tonight or not. Uh, but it seems to mean something. Like if he, sh- you think like he shoot, he showed something against the Bulls in garbage time. Let's keep him around and let's play him against Memphis. Uh, but then they immediately especially, send him to the blue. It's just confusing. And especially if you're getting their defensive rating is so bad. It's like been, supposedly that's what Houston does. Is he's a right. good defender. He's a decent shot blocker for a for a wing player. Yeah. I just feel like give the guy a shot. What do you have to lose at this point? Yeah, there's four, four or five games in a row here on your schedule that are going to be toss up, and two that I, I guarantee are going to be probably losses. And so it's one of those things like give him a shot, figure out what he has, and if he doesn't have anything that you want, then get rid of him. Let him go try to play somewhere else. That make it literally makes no sense to me yeah. what they're doing. With them, I don't, I don't get it either. What do you think about the idea? So people have been talking about this. Barry Trammell is one. Who's, who thinks that there should be a, a starting lineup change. And a lot of people, I mean, everyone is kind of on this, like, Robertson hate train right now. Uh, and some people think that Just, he's Justifiable some. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he has not been playing well, really, on either end. And when he doesn't play well on defense, uh, then everything looks bad. Yeah. Uh, do you think there should be a starting lineup change? And if so, what would you do? I don't know. I just think I... I don't know what to do. What do you do? Replace Robertson with Morrow, and then your defense is still super bad. Or what do you do? Put Sabonis, uh, put Laverne in for Sabonis, and then you kind of still have the same issues. Like I don't think really offensively, Laverne is going to do much for that starting unit, uh, and definitely a, not defensively. So what do you do? I have a great stat for the Joffrey replacing Sabonis. So okay. I think they played around fifty minutes together. That group. And in those fifty if in those fifty minutes, they are a minus twenty nine point eight net rating. Mm, that's really good. That's almost <laughs> as good as Josh Hughes' sixty one point nine per. <laughs> they have an offensive rating of seventy seven with uh, Joffrey and the starters. Oh, that's that's literally forty points worse than their season average. It's so bad. Uh, I don't. I don't think that that would hold for long i mean obviously if it did i mean they would be the worst team in the league by far (laughs) um but i do i do understand like the idea of it but so far it hasn't worked at all which is Mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of disappointing the lineup that i was looking at a bunch of lineups and i was putting tweets out this morning about it 
the lineup that seems to work the best, and they can't use it right now at all. They can't use it because two of the guys have been hurt. But Westbrook, Robertson, Abrinas, Cantor, and Adams has been one of the best five-man lineups that the Thunder have played. Uh, they haven't played a ton of minutes together, but they have by far the best assist-to-turnover ratio, the best net rating, the best offensive rating. Uh, they've been really, really good. So I, I like I like that lineup a whole lot. Uh, replacing Grant with Sabonis, uh, it it's really pretty close by the net rating numbers, and I know that there's a larger sample with Sabonis at the starting lineup, but it ends up being better than Grant at the four starting. Uh, I think that that might balance out, and that Grant lineup might be a little bit better. But again, this is a development year, and you want to develop Demonis Sabonis, and you want this kid to have confidence. And a lot of people think, oh, well, he must be the best canter replacement that we have. Put him on the second unit and let him score. What if that doesn't work? <laughs> what does that do for his confidence and his development? Like, what, what if they try to dump the ball down to him and he's not able to do the things that the Thunder want him to do? I'd rather him play with the Thunder's best players and get open shots and, and develop his game this season and just be the starting power forward rather than kind of yank him around. And then, I don't know. I mean, I think every almost every 20-year-old's mind is pretty fragile and i i just i just wouldn't mess with it it's not worth it there's not a guy that's good enough on the bench to where it just makes sense to do that to me i agree i agree um i gosh i i'm i wouldn't mess with the front court like i don't think the issue is the front court maybe i'm wrong but i think domas is fine uh, yeah. I think you've got to, at least maybe for now, is you've got to find a way to get Robertson off the court. You know, like yeah. I, I just, I don't think, and I don't know what you do. You're right, Taylor. Like Morrow immediately brings your defensive rating down, but my God, they have no space. I can't be yeah. mad about anything that the front court is doing because there's no space to operate. You mm-hmm. can't post up when four guys are standing in the lane. They literally put Kawhi on Robertson so he could stand in the middle of the lane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's their freelance, do whatever I want to do on defense guy. Yeah. And that's what everybody's going to do. And that's for 30 minutes a game. Robertson is playing over 30 minutes a game. That's 30 minutes that the other (laughs) team has five defenders against four players of 48 minutes. You know, like that's crazy. That's such an advantage for two thirds of the game. And tonight, if Mike Conley's not. Or if Mike Conley, if Robertson's not guarding Mike Conley, why are you playing him? I mean, last yeah. the last time they played yeah. the Grizzlies, I saw him guarding Vince Carter a lot, and I'm like, that right there just makes Robertson yeah. so worthless. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, if he's guarding Vin, the 40 year old Vince Carter, I mean that mm-hmm. that is just worthless. I mean, it's just awful. And the the Grizzlies, I'm very afraid of what's going to happen tonight. In the, in the past three games, the Memphis, you know who the number one offensive team in the league has been? The Memphis Grizzlies. The last, their last three games, they've posted an offensive rating of 119.7. They have been incredible. They're hitting like a crazy amount of threes. They're moving the ball really well. Zebo's been really great for them off the bench. Uh, they could come in and destroy the Thunder tonight if the Thunder aren't ready to play defense because their offense is really clicking right now. I'm terrified. Oh. I'm terrified too, and it's like you don't have Cantor. Now you have like one dependable big man uh, in Stephen Adams, 
Sabonis can't play against the Grizzlies, really. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you hope that you can play Jeremy Grant kind of as much as you can. But I don't know if they play Zebo and Marcus All and, and I don't know. There's it's it's over. Expect a four game losing streak. <laughs> well, they've they've just got to play defense. I mean, I kind of they just have. I to. don't really, and I don't really think that like the starting lineup is really the issue. I think the issue is is the rotation, and like I think the issue is you can't plug Cantor in to to stop some holes, like when Russ is out or when Victor Oladipo's out or whatever. You know, like you you that's your main. Uh, <laughs> hole plugger for lack of, of a better <laughs> no that's a great term no title. let's, let's hole do that plugger. hole plugger hole and can- canter the hole plugger canter the hole plugger and then when he's not there it's like it's just terrible it's just all over the place when russ is because what was it russ was a positive the thunder was positive against the spurs when russ was on the floor plus seven, and they were negative yeah. like plus seven and they were minus what four, 14 or something ridiculous yeah and cancer kind of stopped that a little bit because his offense is so good and because his rebounding is so good and and you get second chance points and he's just hustling he's all over the place well and you have somebody to run the offense i mean yeah i mean cam is not initiating the offense i don't even know what he's doing yeah. We're not losing. We're not losing the game in the first seven minutes of the games. You no. know, with the starting lineup, I don't think that's the issue. I don't think that fixes anything. No, the starting lineup has a positive net rating through the entire season. Like they've been, yeah. they've been fine, and they've had trouble scoring in the past few games. I, I think that's kind of a, that's an aberration. I think um, they also played the. I mean, the Spurs and the Cavs. Right. Right. The Cavs haven't been great defensively, but it seemed like they were really excited to play the Thunder on Sunday, but. Um, I don't well, know. They played, they played well against the Spurs, I thought, except for just the minutes that Russell wasn't in there. Like they had some really good moments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. That run in the third quarter was incredible. Yeah, it was. Uh, I have a question for you guys before Big we move Yon. into TQs. Yeah, Big Yon Jay. Sorry, man. I was just big... trying to like cover the microphone. I'm just like <laughs> dragging. <laughs> Um, so there are there are four guys that have a decent PER on the Thunder right now. I'm not including Josh Hustis's sixty one point nine PER yet. Oh man, <laughs> yet. Uh, Russell Westbrook has a twenty nine PER. Uh, Cantor has twenty four. Adams has seventeen, and Oladipo's at fourteen. What other player or players on this team that are currently on the roster do you expect to have like a respectable PER at some point in their career? Jeremy Grant. Okay. At some point in their career? That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sabonis, because he'll be a better offensive player. So Sabonis. Yeah. Domas should be at some point like a like a Cantor-esque PER guy, because I think that he can be really efficient. He's going to hit threes. He can score on the block. I expect him to yeah. have like a 20 PER at some point. I think a, I think a Brinus will have a positive PER. Yeah. I, I agree. I think so, too. And then after that, uh, I would have said Cam before. You know, he's come back, but I don't. I mean, he'll have a positive PR at some point in his career. I'm being, I'm being super negative right now. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid that Cam may not even be a backup point guard. Oh wow! We so he's I, he, had 13 games back. He's playing what 17 minutes a game. He's shooting terribly so far, but. How long has he been out? And what was his injury? A knee thing? His foot. No. Cam, he broke his foot. Jones fracture. Oh, broke his foot. Same okay. thing Durant had. 
well, why isn't he playing like Durant now? <laughs> he he hadn't played many minutes. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm jumping the gun here, um, but there just hasn't been a lot of positive things to show yet for his play. Like his defense hasn't been good. Obviously, he's not going to be a good defender, and that's fine. You know, I'm not. We're not asking him to be like a great defender, but uh, he's got to be able to run the offense. And he yeah. just hasn't done that at all. He holds the ball way too much. He dribbles way too much. Uh, and maybe he'll turn it around. You know, this next month is is really, it's good It's good timing in a way that they're going to have all these home games. Uh, but they're going to they're gonna have to get it together. So they have Memphis tonight. Then they have a back-to-back with Portland and Indiana. And that's, I mean, that's not easy. I don't think either of those teams are great. They should be able to beat at least one of those teams. And then they have... Cleveland, Golden State, Washington, which really, that mm. stretch really, all those teams are very, very good. Washington has been great lately. Yeah. And then they have the Knicks, Lakers, Pelicans, and Utah. Like, it's great that a lot of these games are at home, but this is not an easy schedule. Yeah. And this is not a good time for Cantor to be hurt for the for all of these games. It's not. How long are they saying he's going to be out? Six weeks? Four weeks is when he's reevaluated. Yeah. Uh. So and and he broke his right hand, his shooting hand, his arm, his arm, his ulna. Have you broke your arm, Jay? Yeah, my left arm. Okay, did oh, but you haven't broke your shoot. I'm just trying to think. Like, does it affect your shooting if it's like your arm no, and not your thing, hand? Most of the things we have heard is that it's it's a it's the bone that's quiet. It it should be the easy heal. Blood flows decent to it. Uh, I don't know, and so I I don't think it'll affect anything when he's back. It's the issue is when he, until he's back. Yeah, how much are you falling? Yeah, and I think right now the feeling is is that it's a lot. Um, those are hard. I, all of those games the Thunder can lose. They can lose all of them. Mm-hmm. And I know somebody's going to come on and get on our Twitter talk about how we don't have confidence in this team. Is I'm, I'm trying to be real because my history is far more of the. You know, don't ever believe that they're going to be as bad as they are. But, but <laughs> this is true. There's, there's nothing that makes me feel super confident about that. Now, granted, I, they could come out tonight and some things just click. Abrinas could be back. They may find a different rotation that helps. Like, there's all of these opportunities, but some of those games are hard to win. And the reminder that all Thunder fans need to remember is this team had problems before Cantor was hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have they have issues. Because they weren't planning on that guy that's playing in Golden State to not be on the team. Like, that wasn't their plan. And and regardless of what we think should have happened, like, Presti can't just, you know, make one phone call and fill that spot. Like, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like there's, and so for us, it's like we have the trade machine and we make all these things work and but it's not that easy. Like nobody wants to take your trash and give you great players, except for, I guess the guy in Orlando, but (laughs) like, I don't get it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Everybody's freaking out. Like, what the hell did you expect this team to be? What did you expect them to be? They're not going to be in the Western conference finals. They're, they're right about where they are. Maybe I thought they would be five seed, four seed. And I still think they're as good as kind of that four through seven in the in the west but they're going to win games like we've said from the beginning they're going to win games that you're going to be surprised they win and they're going to lose games that you're going to be frustrated they lose but just recognize the fact that we aren't the thunder of the last seven years or six years it's not the same team 
Yeah, you shouldn't expect it whenever a guy leaves that is the second best player in the world and you get nothing. (laughs) I mean, you get literally nothing in return. And the the fact is that they still have a playoff team, which is pretty amazing. Uh, And because the eighth seed race is so, so bad, uh, the Thunder should be able to at least hold on to seven, which is fine with me. Like The seventh seed... Is perfectly, you want to be. is perfectly fine. And I think with Cantor and then with whoever they get in a trade, I think that they'll win a couple games against the Spurs, bow out in a painless way because losing to the Spurs this year will not be very painful. And then they, they will look to make a more aggressive move at the draft. That's what I expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of hey, agree. According to basketball reference, they had our expected win-loss at this point, 25 and 25, so we're plus three, y'all. Let's party! Seriously, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a bit, I mean, that's that's. I mean, seriously, like that's where the Thunder should be. They should be more of a five hundred team, and the br- the brilliance of Russell Westbrook has led to them being a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of parties, uh, here in a few weeks in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we are doing a live pod Friday, February twenty fourth at six p.m. at Elgin Park, a cool sports bar in downtown Tulsa. We're going to have a Thunders-Lakers watch party after that, so we'll start the podcast at 6. The game starts at 7. We really want you to come and be a part of that at Elgin Park in downtown Tulsa. Be fun. Yeah, that's going to be so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And a uh, one of the rare, very winnable games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Thunder. Come show up. And should, re- should be a fun time. Root on the Thunder against the uh, the Lakers, who have been absolutely miserable lately. Which I'm I'm hey, I'm, I'm jinxing everything right now. I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, no. Guys, well, what if uh, what if that Lakers game is the, is them breaking their losing streak of the next three weeks? Oh man, I'll oh, be so depressed. <laughs> they better beat the Knicks be so before sad. the All Star break. <laughs> uh, absolutely. But well, listen, let's get on to that. Go ahead. Sorry that uh, that will be the day after the trade deadline, so we'll have a lot to break down. Yep, it should be really fun. Yep, yep. Ooh. Ooh. Hey guys, let's do some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. First Twitter question comes from at C underscore W underscore Osborne, who asks us, still need advice on how to best enjoy a Thunder game and in OKC and OKC. What are the best spots? Well, first off, let me just say Anchor Down. It's a great the place. Mule. I would go to Anchor Down after the game. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good spot to go. Mm-hmm. If you can't go to the game, there's a place called Republic. It's one of my favorite places to watch. It has TVs everywhere. Oh, great food. And really good food. Uh, where else Where else do y'all go? If you love pizza, you have to go to Empire Slice. It's not a great yep. place mm-hmm. to like, watch a game or anything, but if you want to go like before the game, <laughs> it's it's the best pizza. Seriously, it's the best. It really uh, is. If I'm not going to a game, I'm streaming the game on my computer, so there's my house. Uh, I have two roommates, so I don't know if you're cool with that. Sometimes I order Domino's. Sometimes it's leftover Domino's, but that's a pretty good place. You like Domino's? You know, cool- oh, I love Domino's. Domino's is my favorite delivery pizza, no oh, doubt. Wow. So, so here's the Christian, here's the cool thing is no matter where you go in the city, there's going to be TVs on and the game's going to be on. Oh, yeah. Uh, downtown is, is emerging as a new, you know, it's just, Ten years ago, you would have never have wanted to step foot downtown, but there's tons of places. You have Bricktown. You have all sorts of places down on Broadway and Automobile Alley. You can go down to Film Row. Uh, Midtown, there's tons of great areas around. So just just go downtown. Find a place. Walk in. Eat. Everything I've been to is good. So do it. Republic is really good. 
But Republic, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Anchor Down, The Mule. Then Swing by Chicken Express while you're here. Next, Twitter <laughs> questions at CG Stevens. What gets Hazonia? Do you think the previous deals with Orlando affects our ability to trade with them? Uh, I don't think it affects their ability to trade with them. Uh, and I also don't, I mean, what are you going to give up for Mario Hazonia at this point? I mean, he's he can't well, even play for the Magic. So you want to give him a second? You're going to give him a second round pick and Anthony Morrow. I mean, that's. I think that's the most that you should offer if you're the Thunder. And then if you're the Magic, why are you taking that when you could just hold on to him and just see if he can be better than that? Uh, but if they are looking to get rid of him, then I would throw a second round pick and Anthony Morrow. I'm not giving up anything else other than that. Like Abrinas, uh, so far, has been a lot better than what Mario Hazonia has been in the league, and I would have never thought that. Uh, but he just has been. And it may just be opportunity. Uh, it could be that Frank Vogel just really doesn't like him. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is with him. But uh, that's that's what I would do. Uh, I I wouldn't give up a whole lot for him. It seems like Frank Vogel just doesn't like him. The dude's twenty one. He was twenty his rookie year. Shoot and you know shot forty three percent and shot thirty five percent from three. Was pretty good at scoring. Played eighteen minutes a game. And now he's not playing ten minutes a game. Um, and his percentages are down a lot, but th- it definitely looks like an opportunity thing. And and for a young guy who's as talented as him and has shown you know some spark and some you know maybe some ego issues, but I don't know. I think the guy could still be really good. I think the guy could be what everyone talked him up to be. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Ma- yeah, w- the trade you said a second rounder and Morrow, I'd do it for Hazonia. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I do it. I don't know that. I just don't know that the, or, that makes sense for Orlando. So Chad sent me a mega four-team trade. I'm gonna try to. Re- <laughs> I'm gonna try to read this to you guys, and hopefully, it'll make sense over a podcast. So mm-hmm. in this deal, Oklahoma City. It's a four-team deal between OKC, Denver, Orlando, and Philadelphia. <laughs> so OKC gets Gallinari and Mario Hazonia. It sounds great so far. The Nuggets get Jeff Green, Nerlens Noel, Andre Robertson, and Cameron Payne. The Magic get Robert Covington, Anthony Morrow, and Wilson Chandler. And then the Sixers get Kyle Singler, <laughs> CJ Wilcox, and Emmanuel Moutier. Hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, there's a lot to take in there. I don't expect you to analyze it, but there's a lot to take in there. Listen to it later. Analyze it. Next question comes from Matt Trey. What's <laughs> yeah, up? I was going to say. I was, <laughs> I was like, uh, it's just hard. But what I will say is it's just like, God, I would love to include Kyle Singler in the trade. Oh but here's the, the reality is he's not going anywhere. I think Andrew sent a text out yesterday. I think he's absolutely right in the sense of it may be better for the Thunder just to buy him out. And, and what do you call it? Expand his contract? Stretch his contract. So they, they can take his next two years. He, he's owed $10 million over the next two years, and you stretch that over five years. Uh, and you just pay him $2 million pay, pay him a year, $2 million a year for five, the next five years, and that's what goes on your books. And if somebody in the NBA picks him up, they find, they take over the rest and they of the contract. Take away, yeah, uh, if he, unless he clears waivers, and the Thunder just owe him that, and then he can go sign a fresh deal. So yeah, he's definitely going to clear waivers. So yeah, all right. No From at Trey Witzel, next question: Seeing our second unit struggle, does the loss of Kanner's offense outweigh his defensive liabilities? Of course. <laughs> Of course, yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean he carried the, the Thunder offense. It wasn't very, it wasn't bad when 
uh, Russ was out because of Cantor, and he was he was the reason that it yeah. stayed afloat. I mean, he got easy buckets, he set people up. Uh, his rebounding, his even him, uh, he ran the fast break a lot. He'd run the court really well. He gave effort on defense. Like he's a he's a very good basketball player, and he's probably the second best scorer on the team, and you know probably the third or fourth most important guy on the team. He yes, absolutely, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been way better than what I expected, and. I think people should take notice that like this guy is an impactful NBA player, and I think a couple of years ago people would have said the opposite. So, yeah, and on a team that doesn't have much more offensively outside of Russell Westbrook, uh, just having that one other guy that's Cantor that can come in and pick up some slack changes like the whole thing on this team that's so fragile and so you know what we've talked about a thousand times. Not you know it wasn't built for this moment, and right. so. Of course, when he's out, the offense is, like, dying. That's 14 points a game. That's over 14 points a game in just over 20 minutes. He's not even playing that much, but he has such a huge impact when he plays that it, you know, that's kind of part of the identity of this team. Mm -hmm. For sure. Hey, let's move on to some trade calls. All right. So people have requested, there were a lot of like trade Robertson, get him out of my life uh, tweets that came to us. <laughs> so there's really only one scenario that makes sense for me. And so um, let's see. Who wants to do, who wants, I, to, who wants to be Tim? Presti or you? You could be uh, Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly, I'll be Sam Presti. Uh, ring, right. ring, 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 ring. Uh, hello? Hello, Tim. It's Sam. Hello, Sam. How are you? Well, I'm <laughs> covered in wet <laughs> cement. <laughs> I'm drenched in the wet cement right now, and uh, I need something to help me dry it. Let's get um, let's uh, Andre Robertson for Will Barton. Oh my! I'm supposed to know what? Okay, the Nuggets would do. You know. I'll take it just because I love the Thunder that much. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like this is me, guys. It's not Tim Connolly anymore. Uh, I you sent this trade out this week, and I don't know why the Nuggets would do it. But maybe I'm just that down on Robertson or overly hyped on uh, Will Barton. Tell me, tell me why the Nuggets would do that. The reason the Nuggets would even entertain offers for Robertson is that they have no perimeter defense at all. And they have a lot of like duplicate, duplicately skilled. I'm not even sure that's a sentence. What I'm saying right now, uh, they have a lot of guys that do the same thing. Uh, so Will Barton, Gallo, Wilson Chandler, all those guys can score and they can all shoot, but none of them can really defend the perimeter all that well. Uh, and they have younger guys that they're trying to develop that really aren't defenders either. Uh, they don't have any really power forwards or anybody that's next to Jokic that can defend. And so you have Robertson who can play really the two through four and you can just put him wherever you want and he can defend, you know, the best player, the best wing guy on the other team. And then you have enough around you that can score and shoot and stuff like that. And you have Jokic who's just like can do everything and you can put him even next to Jokic 
Like, I like that. Like, I think it's, a, I think that really fits them. And they, and they don't need a guy that can, that can score or shoot off the bench or anybody like that. Like, they, they have those guys. They have lots of them. And so mm-hmm. to me, like, that's the reason why the Nuggets would do something like this. All right. I so, like it. Then uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still here. Yeah, sure. Uh, me, well, I just me, talked. To, I just talked to my assistant who helped me kind of understand a little more about our roster situation, and I think I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so I want to throw another idea at you before you say yes to Will Barton. Okay, Sam. Robertson and Anthony Morrow for Wilson Chandler. That yes, I actually would take. I think if I was Tim Connolly, I would as Tim Connolly. I will take that over the Will Barton one. Yeah, I'd rather keep Barton as well. I mean, the the rumor right now is that Wilson Chandler's not happy, and that he wants out. He doesn't like his role. Uh, the Thunder could immediately offer him a starting role if they trade on Drew Robertson, and I think the fit there would be so very good. He's he's really kind of a he's basically everything that you think about Jeff Green, but like realized. He's very good. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. Uh, he's not. He can guard some fours. He's not going to be able to play full time four or anything. But he can play the three. He can play a little bit of four in small ball situations. Uh, he's very good. And and if I'm the Thunder, and they don't like that, I offer Robertson and Payne, and I think that that's that's more that's more than enough to get him. And and then I call up one of those scrap heap point guards, you know, Mario Chalmers or you know whoever. And say, you know, come play for the Thunder. You'll play all the backup minutes, and you just get somebody who's competent, you know, to to just come and and help run that second unit. Cantor comes back, and then you have Wilson Chandler who can score, provide spacing. I think this team is a lot better, and I don't think that giving up Robertson and Payne, you're not giving up all that many long term assets. You know, I've been really high on Cameron Payne up until really I've seen him play basketball, <laughs> and I. I just don't think that you're giving up a lot at this point, and you, you know he he may he may turn out to be a good NBA player, and if he does, that's great. But I just think that this team is just desperate for spacing, and not just this season, but going forward. You have Wilson Chandler. I think he's got a team option on the last year of his deal, but you have him at least next year for eleven million dollars, which is super cheap for a guy like that. So uh, I would I would do whatever it takes within the Anthony Morrow, Robertson, Payne. I'd give up whatever combination they'd want. Uh, I would do that for Wilson Chandler. And I don't think it's like mm-hmm. a short-sighted move where it's like, now we can win the championship. Well, it's like, no, now like Russell Westbrook has the space to do what he wants and they can try to really figure out what they've got. So, And then they still have that, they still have their draft pick this year. And so they could do something right. within this draft to, to go in and make a decision. Like if you want somebody for the future, like they really are building for two, three years down the line, then go find a, a small forward in the draft that you like. Or if you feel like you really need to do to fill that second point, guard or that second playmaker then you can make that decision through there so but yeah i think that wilson chandler makes too much sense for me to really believe that it can be that it's going to happen uh, yeah exactly i know normally it doesn't <laughs> i know um okay so i'm going to shift gears and serge Ibaka has been rumored to be on the trade block so somebody's gonna have to be rob Hennigan. taylor you want it i got it all right here okay. we go rob i can take a beating Ring, 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 <laughs> Take a good beating. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, hello. It's Ernie, Grun- is, Ernie Grunfeld. Ernie, I got nothing left. I got nothing to fight for. What do you want? I'll give it to you. Uh, I've actually got a pretty nice package for Surge. 
Oh, you do? That's very kind. Markeith Morris, Trey Burke, and Kelly Oubre Jr. for Serge Ibaka. Yep. Let's do it. That's actually a great deal. When I thought... That's actually a really good trade. That's a great trade. Serge Ibaka would be really great with John Wall. John Wall's one of the best guys at creating corner threes. And you have him and Marcin Gortat. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great starting lineup, right? I'll I'll say this, though. Markeef seems to have clicked into something else this year. And, like, Scott has really gotten through to Markeef. And why... Why would the Wizards give up? Who are they giving up? Markeith and who else? Trey Burke, Kelly Oubre. Trey Burke. Oh, okay. So, but Kelly Oubre is still someone I think that they're still kind of intrigued by a little bit for the future. Yeah. But I guess why would the Wizards um, switch up their chemistry that much and give up a future young player that they're interested in uh, when they're doing so well right now? And when Markeith is playing well, he's, he's playing been, really well. Yeah, he's been fine. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Ring, ring, ring. It's a good trade. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hello, this is Rob. Uh, Danny Ainge. Mm, Hallie. Hey, uh, we'll give you Amir Johnson and a our first-round pick, the Boston Celtics first-round pick for Serge Ibaka. Mm. I think so this, what's is a, that, this is a That's going to be like a late 20s. Yeah, like mid-20s pick. Mid-20s pick. That's this where he was selected. That's where Serge Ibaka was selected. So I, I assume that you'll get oh. similar value. Yeah. Well, and Serge wants out. No, Serge doesn't want out. The Magic are just trying to get him out, right? Well, and he's he's basically given them a signal that he doesn't want to come back. Not that okay. he necessarily like wants out now, but like yeah. you know, I'm going to leave because this situation is awful. I guess I don't. I don't. I think Amir Johnson would be a nice backup big in their rotation, but they still have a bunch of bigs. He's ex- but he's it, I guess it kind of clears. He's expiring. Oh, so. he's expiring. Mm-hmm. Okay, that in a first rounder. It's basically a first round pick for Serge Ibaka. Late first round pick for Serge. Mm, I just feel like you could get you could get a higher pick than that. Okay. For Serge. Okay. What a higher. Oh, I don't think you so. think you could get uh, you could get better than mid twenties, don't you think? I don't know who's going to give that for a for just a few months of Serge Ibaka. Uh yeah, I guess you do have to look at it like that. Okay, I think. Okay, I get I, it. I think my Washington trade was something that would never happen. I think you're right that it's that's an unreasonable amount, but I think something like that from the Celtics makes a lot of sense and. Surge on the Celtics would be great. It does make sense, and I guess when you're the Magic and you're you're pretty much either getting like a little bit of something for Surge or nothing at all. So then a mid twenties pick for that is pretty good. Yeah, that's fine. yeah, and I, I think the, the other thing to think about is the fact that the Magic got to figure out what the heck they want to do. Yeah, like what do you want to do? They want to they fire Rob Hennigan. That's what they're going to do mm-hmm. exactly. And but they're in this weird place once again, like some of these other teams, where it's like. What you need to do is you need to start com- just stockpiling draft picks. What yeah. can you get for Vucevic right now? Go get it. You know, like be bad, be bad, and then go and get somebody and keep them and grow a team organically. Like the new CBA is making it to where drafting players is the way to build your team. You don't add free agents to really become successful anymore. Like that's what is is happening. Stop doing this crap. Are you? Your off season was so stupid. It was bad. Go do something. You know, like be bad. That's okay. You've been bad for a decade. It's not changing, but be bad and actually stick to it. 
So here's a question with the magic, though. I'm they telling were... you that, Rob. Oh, but here's my question to you, public. Okay. <laughs> How would you feel, though, if, like, Dwight leaves and we're really bad and we're rebuilding for, like, four years, right? And then we – four or five years. And then we trade away a young piece that we drafted, Victor Oladipo, in this free agency. And obviously in this free agency, we are trying to, like, be kind of a playoff team again in some terrible – like – terribly executed way we are trying to be like kind of good again uh and then what would the public do if <laughs> next off season we're like ah actually we're just gonna go be bad again it's like what a waste of time what a waste of money a waste of everything it's almost like you kind of have to you kind of have to keep going now it's like okay well we're just gonna try to be kind of okay now yeah i think the hard part of that for me is the fact that that really they just I, I don't know. Like they, they haven't done anything. Like they've literally yeah. done nothing, and yeah. and they're not any good. And if I was a Thunder fan and they would have made the trade that the Magic just did to get Victor Oladipo, um, I would have probably tried to become a fan of a different team. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you were a Magic fan, yeah, yeah sorry, but I'm, I'm saying like if I was in, if that was Oklahoma City that made that move, I would be finding another team to do so. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like oh, uh, yes, yes, you just. Yes. You just got rid of two potential guys. Because, I mean, Sabonis was a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. but Well, that's all the trade calls we have for now. We're going to we're gonna keep doing those. Obviously, that's what's on everybody's mind. And, and the more that you start hearing rumors. And we've got, what, two, 20 days, three, three weeks until the trade deadline. And then, uh, so, so keep sending us your ideas. Um, and we'll keep sending you ours and saying those out there. Remember, the Thunder have a $7 million trade exception. Uh, I think the Irsan Ilyasova got us that one. And so be paying attention to that whenever you're putting together your stuff. Anything you throw out to us, we love to do it. It's just a fun part of our world. So now it's time for our Say What Stat of the Week. I got one. This is I just kind of found this that I've been on basketball reference today. Okay. Uh, who do you think has played more minutes, Ennis Cantor or Jeremy Grant? This is over the whole season, this season. Man, the reason, only reason I want to say that it's probably – Grant is because you this wouldn't be I'm asking that. Yeah. Grant? No, but only by five <laughs> literally literally said, five yeah, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the one you thought it would be. Like, uh, no, well, obviously not. Why would Jeremy Grant have played more than Cantor? <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, but listen, this is crazy. And it's Cantor's only played five more minutes over the whole season than Jeremy Grant. And he has scored almost a total of four hundred more points and he's taken He's taken 270 more field goal attempts. Yeah. It's I mean, like Cantor's been really just, good this year, man. He's been really good, but it's like his role in like such limited minutes too, like the, the impact you have. Because I think when you think of Cantor, you, we think of him as like having a really important role and being on the court a lot. But when you compare it to guys like Jeremy Grant and Sabonis, like Sabonis has played 60 more minutes than him over the whole season. Like in your head, do you see that? Like, no. is that kind of, the, you know, how you see how much time players are on the floor? I don't either. And I think it just speaks yeah. to how much Cantor is doing in the limited minutes that he's on the floor. It's, it's, you know, again, just to be more, you know, sad about him being out right now. 
But yeah, he's missed, man. I don't think I think anybody that would assume that we don't miss Cantor or that because of a narrative that he'd be a good trade piece that we don't think he has value. Like I think those are just crap narratives, man. That's not what we've ever said. He's just been the most tradable contract wise uh, that we had. So for at least for some of the bigger names. So my say what stat of the week comes from a game that happened actually while we were at the live pod at Anchor Down. Uh, Paul Millsap against the Knicks in four overtimes, 37 points, 13 of 29 from the field, uh, a total of 19 rebounds, seven assists in how many minutes? Mm, four. 60. 60 minutes. Oh, in my a game. God. Uh, which is <laughs> insane, but 60 freaking minutes in a game. And Russell Westbrook got pulled against the Spurs after 33 minutes. So hopefully, hopefully Paul Millsap doesn't burn up. So. Uh, Paul Millsap's good. You got anything you're miffed or peeved about? Miff, 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 miffed and peeved. No, I'm not. I mean, like, we've lost three games in a row. We're probably going to win, like, maybe or th- lose, like, maybe three more. That's all I'm, like, worried about. But I'm not really miffed at anything in my life right now. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. What about you? No, man, I've got a, you know, I was, I was going to say something about, like, this whole I'm kind of get frustrated about this team right now a little bit, but not the, not the team. I don't think they're trying to be bad or not giving effort. I think that what I get more frustrated with is, is kind of what my rant was earlier about the expectations and all that yeah. stuff that keep going on. It's like, give this team a break, you know, cause you have people that are ready to like throw the whole team away. Like we gotta, I know. we gotta start, uh, uh, you know, get rid of everybody, but Russ and let's figure out what it is. And I'm like, this team is super young super uh gaining traction and they're hurt man they two a big piece of their team is hurt right now mm-hmm. um, so but other than that it's, man i'm great, just grateful and blessed it's hard like okay at the i talked about this with andrew one time too but at the start of the season we talked about you know anything good that happens with this team that's great they're not going to be that good though don't have expectations but i'll be honest like it's hard to not have expectations oh, after all these years of winning like even with me you know i have to bring myself down and be like hey it's it's okay taylor they're still like <laughs> they're Dude, 28 get, and 22 you know I was so frustrated against the bulls and the other thing about it is yeah. it's like they've they've shown us that they have the potential to be good they go yes. to utah and they win and so it's one yes. of those things where like they we know that they can be better than this uh, and that they have a chance to be competitive in the playoffs, at least. And, but it's just the reality is, is, is they have such an inadequate roster right now that any substantial injury, and you saw that with Vic when Oladipo went down, they struggled. When and now when Kander's out, they're going to struggle a little bit too. And and the the whole league is kind of on the same level as them. You have like Golden State, Houston kind of is in there. Obviously, San Antonio's up there, Cleveland, and then everybody else is in this big pile of kind of yeah. Okay. figuring out yeah you know like everybody's kind of right there and so it's a weird nba season just try to have fun that's all i'll say is, is, yeah. is i just try to watch it with a little less levity in my own life uh, hey just have some fun drink some more just have some fun some have some fun so uh that's all we have for today I want to remind you again of our live pod at elgin park in tulsa downtown tulsa february 24th that's a friday night We'll start the podcast at 6. Game starts at 7. Come and hang out with us. Tell your friends. You know, anybody in Tulsa that likes the Thunder basketball or NBA in general, tell them to come out. And uh, thanks to Taylor, Andrew, Luke. Sorry you couldn't be here. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you in Tulsa.